2: Sunday, May 26th, the greatest spectacle in racing returns. The Indianapolis 500 on NBC and Peacock. 33 of the world's fastest drivers go head-to-head for a chance to kiss the bricks, taste the milk, and claim their place in racing history. Experience the drama, the pageantry, the tradition. Live from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the Indy 500. Sunday, May 26th on NBC and Peacock. Or listen on Sirius XM NBC Sports Channel.
1: What's up and welcome inside Bet the Edge for Monday, May 23rd. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive and Vaughn Dalzell, holding it down for Drew and Sarah all week so you know what that means. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Coming up on Mm -hmm. the program today, we look back at the big moments in the world of sports over the weekend. Let you know what bets did well, which ones didn't do too well. A lot of those to talk about. And Ken Barkley, if you better bet, will join us to handicap game four between the Celtics and the Heat as well as break down some Week 1 NFL lines. I'm all about breaking down NFL talk, getting some NFL talk going as we move forward through the rest of the summer. And, of course, we'll get into our edge of the day. I got a baseball one today. All that and more coming up on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. Vaughn, let me start off by saying the great lyricist Sean Carter once said, it was all good just a week ago. You we are a Dallas Mavericks better better like myself. It was all good just a week ago. Biden high taking not taking out the Phoenix Suns. But now we come to a, a spot. Dallas Mavericks down 03. Significant involvement of my bankroll Vaughn, <laughs> down the drain this week. Hopefully, I do not have to hit you up for five dollars at some point. <laughs> Uh, how was the weekend, Vaughn? Mine did not go too
3: well. How was yours? I hate them. I hate the Dallas Mavericks. Why they, why they do the whole betting community like that game three? I yeah. told you, Corey, game two. I don't know about taking the Mavericks in Golden State. They looked great then they folded. And, you know, I uh, I lied about the Mavericks first half. So uh, I dislike Reggie Bullock a lot. Uh, and then, you know, I had, this, I had two units on the full game. So I, I am definitely disappointed in the Mavericks. They got beat Every category, rebounding, shooting, defense. I mean, it was abysmal. And as far as the, you know, game four of the Heat and Celtics, I can't wait to see what Ken has because I've been successful in this series so far. I think this is the h- toughest game to handicap on the spread or the total, in my opinion. But I felt like all the spots we've hit so far, game one, two, and three on the spreads were very obvious spots. Uh, so what do you think about this one? In and in what did you think about game three of the Heat and Celtics? I thought game three of the Heat Southern people, I was hesitant. I was on Miami that night. I was
1: hesitant to back Boston because of Boston's – we've seen Boston not show up at home a couple of times mm-hmm. in those playoffs. And like I was telling people, this is a point guard series. And when Kyle Lowry is healthy, he gets involved. So the Miami bad. Heat look like a very different team. So, um, you got to be pretty excited if you're a Heat fan. I think that line probably a little bit too high today. One okay. thing I would say about the Mavericks and the Warriors is I did not expect guys like Andrew Wiggins – and Jordan Poole to already be playing at a championship level. You can put Kevin Looney in, in the mix with that as well. So you got shout out to the Golden State Warriors. I'm going to get caught with my hand in the cookie jar, not having a ticket on them like I did on so many other teams. But um, definitely. you going with the Mavericks
3: next? You going with the Mavericks game four?
1: No, I'm out. I'm out. I'm face. <laughs> the way Devon is going to be in September. You know what I'm saying? But as John Hassan says, the Mavericks couldn't handle the Warriors zone. Also, shout out to Steve Kerr. Steve Kirk gets back on the sideline. He threw that box and went on the Dallas Mavericks and really uh, threw them off their beat and off their game. So
3: they were scared got, to
1: shoot. Yep, got game four coming up in Heat and Celtics tonight. So we'll get into it and discuss that with Ken Barkley in just a second. Um, Justin Thomas wins the PGA Championship on Sunday. How about this, Vaughn? One better at points bet put two hundred on Thomas to win that plus plus twenty five hundred before Sunday's final round. Cashed fifty k. Had a much better weekend than I did.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty solid come up. I'll say for sure. He, I, I saw a couple guys. Um, I know uh, one guy I follow monotone football hit him. I think he won a, a K on him on like a $20 bet or something at one point. So a lot of people are racking up some good money on Justin Thomas. And I don't know if you caught Manchester City. I know uh, Brad Thomas gave us a bet in that one. That was a sweat and a half. Uh, unfortunately, I believe he had over three and a half team total. You came up short because they were down 2-0 and scored three straight. Uh, to win the Premier League. So that, that's pretty impressive stuff. So it was a crazy weekend uh, outside of the Dallas Mavericks. You know, I had a fun weekend outside of that game. No doubt. And early voting wins the Preakness Steak, closed with 5-1 to odds.
1: Yep, don't forget about the Preakness Steak. I saw some, some of my people in the in the Baltimore, D.C. area was out there at Pimlico dressed to the 9, so shout out to them. The <laughs> weekends are much better with MLB Sunday leadoff coverage presented by Uber Eats. Cast the Giants face the Reds in Cincinnati on Sunday, May 29th at 1130 a.m. Eastern, live on NBC and Peacock. To learn more, go to PeacockTV.com slash MLB. And if you want a chance to win $25,000 because who wouldn't on the game, download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter Sunday's free, keyword being free, Grand Slam Pick'em Contest. Right, let's get ready to talk to my man Ken Barkley. You better bet. What is going on, Ken? Glad to have you. First time talking with you. I worked with Nick Costos, uh back in my Sirius XM days. We grew to be very good friends. You guys do guys do an excellent
0: job on You Better Bet. What's going on with you? Happy Monday, my man. Yeah, same to you, Corey. I talked to uh, talked to Nick a little before the show. He says hi and uh, you know told me some. Kind of the skeletons in your closet, which I won't. I'll try not to bring up during the show. We Got the Tokyo, the Tokyo not zip, which no, I was talking about do, before too. Do. Yeah, not. <laughs> so, so, Corey, not an Olympian. For people who were curious, is supporting the NBC <laughs> yeah. brand, which I really appreciate. Love the brand awareness there. Uh, no, doing great. A, you guys were talking about Justin Thomas and the uh, and the PGA. I, I tweeted out. I was like, I don't know if you guys were watching the golf live. There was like two hours left, and I just looked at the leaderboard, uh, and it's basically like, guy who hasn't won ever guy who hasn't won ever, who like can't make a putt inside five feet, okay. another guy who hasn't won ever. And then a guy, Matthew Fitzpatrick, who's from England, who literally cannot win if the tournament is in the United States. And then Justin Thomas <laughs> was like in the fifth spot. So it was this really funny opportunity. I think a lot of people saw the same thing. You guys were talking about the bets that people hit, like betting him live mm-hmm. at whatever it was, 25 to one or 20 to one, where you just kind of look at the leaderboard with like six holes left and you go, Oh man, like is Justin Thomas just going to win. Cause these guys are going to fall all over themselves folding basically and uh it doesn't always happen but that's what ended up happening i'm doing great though thanks all right there you go all right so let's let's get into this um you heard
1: my story i'm I'm on the dallas mavericks heavy a couple tickets on them didn't go the way i want tomorrow mavericks one point favorite at home game four warriors up 3-0 in this series what do you think about
0: tomorrow and and um and how this series play out for you I uh, I took the Warriors in Game One. That's the only bet that I've made. I think on the side so far in the series. I, I liked Dallas a little. In, I mean, we all liked Dallas a little bit in Game Three. I feel like even just listening to you guys talk a little bit. Um, I didn't end up betting it, but like I would have thought they would have won the game and the series could have become really fun. They just couldn't just couldn't shoot. Basically, there was going to be a little problem yeah. when uh when you play basketball and you can't make baskets. That's really tough. Um, Game Four. I actually do like Dallas. This is a spot where I actually like kind of like to play them. I think Um, sweep situations are always really weird. Um, And I'm sure, you know, you guys think about this all the time where it's like, all right, is this a team that, you know, I think about the, uh, the Brett Brown Sixers a few years ago, they were in that sweep situation against the Celtics. And you were like, I mean, the luggage was packed. I mean, it was like, let's yeah. go, like we have, let's get as far away from each other as humanly possible <laughs> and uh, and get this guy out and get somebody else in who ended up being Doc Rivers, obviously. There, every sweep situation is different. This strikes me as one where there are two things that are interesting. One, Dallas is a team obviously on the way up. Luke is already telling you after the game, like, Hey, I'm only, you know, whatever he said 23, I actually forget how old he is, 23, whatever it is, like, I'll be back, like, this team's going to grow together, all this stuff. So you don't get any of the negative stuff, at least with Dallas, Jason Kidd's going to be the coach next year, definitely a team on the way up. Uh, and then for the Warriors, they found themselves in a couple situations already this postseason with a chance to close out as quickly as possible, basically Denver, and then obviously the Memphis game five, which is pretty memorable because they lost by about 900 points. So I just you know, I know the Warriors probably want like the max time off before the finals. They're the better team. They're going to advance, but just like they haven't necessarily shown that ability to to put away a team like this in that kind of spot. So I know all of that is not number driven, like it's not mathematical, but if you give me like a pick game and those, all those things are true and Dallas is at home, I actually think I'm definitely going to bet Dallas in the game. So not a numerical handicap or anything. The number's fine. Uh, It's really just like I think I get a really good Dallas effort. I think they probably shoot better when they're at home. And I think the Warriors have kind of not shown an ability to put teams away. To me, that's actually enough to make a bet in this game.
3: Uh, it's so tough for me. I mean, I think this is like a fool me once, fool me twice. Right. Well, you had them already. Uh, <laughs> you had game three. So now, exactly. now I get to come in and bet game four. That's what, right, exactly. exactly. And I don't want to be left out because, like, people have already tweeted me and talked about how Dallas, like, ruined a lot of people's night yesterday, mine included. Uh, my brother even called me bragging today. I told you the Warriors are going to win. And I was, you know, saying That's how tough. confident. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just anybody's coming at you right <laughs> now. Because uh, it seems like the Warriors are the obviously better team, but betting, it's it's different uh, when it comes to these situations. So I don't want to be the odd man out and not bet game four. But for someone like Corey, you've already bet them game two, game three. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's no I'm Corey no no maps. no Mavs, no Mavs yeah. Corey he's am throwing in is, the towel no oh, shame, come on it's shame <laughs> on, like it's shame on you if Corey takes them a third time but I don't know I might take the Mavericks uh, again but I honestly I mean Luka Doncic is that team and a lot of these guys are not going to shoot that poorly like Reggie Bo- Reggie Bullock Max Kleber Kleber passed up open threes because he was scared of the bucket uh you know a lot of these guys I think will improve so Tough one, but I do lean the Mavericks game four. Heat and Celtics, I think tonight is is going to be yeah is the toughest game to cap out of any game this conference finals. We got the Celtics laying six now. The numbers come down from seven. I was on the Heat six and a half last game. I still feel like six is too much. But if the Celtics are going to cover a game at home, this is the game I think they should cover. Uh, what's your opinion on this one, or do you like the total more? Well, I think
0: you're right that this is the toughest game. This might be the toughest game of the playoffs Mm -hmm. to handicap, honestly. And I think, you know, you guys, like we all kind of do gambling content and we get asked about stuff all the time. I'm sure we all have experiences where we'll go on, do a radio show uh, or doing this show or anything. And, and somebody who's like, you know, in good faith is like, well, what do you like in this game? And I'll always be, and sometimes I'll be like, well, can you tell me who's playing? And then I'll tell you what I like in the game. Right. And so this is the the biggest example of that I can possibly imagine the injury report for this game is staggering. If this game took place in the regular season, the market would not be open on it. That's how crazy it is. There would not be, you would not be able to bet this game because of all the players who may or may not play. Um, You know, everybody on the heat is listed questionable every game. Most of them always end up playing the Celtics have smart Tatum. Now has this impingement in his nerve with his shoulder that he got hurt at the end of the last game. So now he's, In doubt, Robert Williams, who knows? I mean, it's literally, even if we in good faith assume Butler's going to play because he says he's going to play, even if we assume that, it still leaves you with seven of the next best eight players have some kind of injury designation. Seven of the best nine, Bam and Jalen Brown, I guess, would be the only ones who don't have an injury designation. So yeah, I mean, I, I would love to be able to confidently be like, hey, look, like every time Boston has had a performance like that, and especially every time Jason Tatum's had a game like that, yes. he's come back in the playoffs, and he's been, they've been awesome, and he's been awesome off of Bucks game five. This was the exact conversation earlier in the Bucks mm-hmm. series, same conversation, and he's always come back, and he's always done something great, but now he's hurt. Now nine other players in the series are hurt, so I mean, the best I can do right now is like not knowing who's going to play in the game. The Celtics have played well in these spots typically and Tatum has played well in these spots. Typically uh, I would be looking in that direction. I don't really want to bet Miami right now. So it would be like Boston or nothing, maybe a Tatum over. The injury is just like very dicey and PJ Tucker guarding him the whole game. So like, I would like, I, I wish I could be, the one thing I would be confident about just to be honest is this series in general has presented really fun live betting opportunities because of all the things I just mentioned, right? Like how many of us were watching coming out of the second half in game three wait, like, why is Victor Oladipo starting? Like, why is that happening? And, like, what live markets didn't take that into account? Right Celtics were down 15. Yeah. The answer is all of them. <laughs> like, that's the answer, basically. So, um, you know, just something to keep in mind. Like, if there are so many players that may or may not play during the game, then that kind of strikes me as a live betting game as opposed
3: to one where you want to take a strong position, like, right now before the game starts. I think, I think that's a good piece of advice. If you like the Miami Heat now, I definitely think the six is probably one of the best numbers you're going to be able to get on them. But with that being said, I've seen a lot of movement already on Jason Tatum's numbers. His points, rebounds, assists yesterday around like 4 or 5 p.m. was 37 and a half. It's all up to 39 and a half now. So when you say people are expecting that bounce back game, I think a lot of people are, even with even with P.J. Tucker on him. I mean, he did a terrific job, but we all know how hard it is to guard Tatum two times, uh, twice in a row to that degree. And if you look over his numbers, Ken, like you said, he's bounced back. He had 32 against Milwaukee. Couple of times during the regular season, he had 12, 14 points, bounced back with 28, 32, 42. So I'm giving out one bet tonight. I would definitely think I might take Tatum's over on points. And I don't think I'm okay. going to be too distressed about the little pinched nerve in his shoulder. I think he's coming tonight. Corey, any opinion? Uh, tonight's basketball game, I think this is a different basketball team when Kyle
1: Lowry's on the court sure. with the Miami yeah. Heat. So I think you have to be very careful with that. And we've seen our uh, Boston drop the ball at home and a couple times in that, in that series against the Milwaukee Bucks. So um, I think Miami is in a good spot to cover as far as get the win. I think that could be a tall task, but I think it's going to be a great game. And Ken makes the excellent point about the live betting.
2: For the world's greatest athletes... The showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world again. Gold for the United States. Unbelievable. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. Friday, July 26th on NBC and Peacock. At the theater, more than the movies come to life, movie lovers march in and skip the line with digital tickets to the latest movies on the free Fandango app. Ready to grab some snacks. Pick me! Pick me. And head to the best seats in the house for a night of romance, terror, and quality family screen time. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies.
1: The Premier League is built on hope.
2: The hope of discovering a new star.
4: It doesn't take long for Darwin Nunez to make an impression.
2: The hope of rewriting history. leaves his destroying Kakao! And the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable! Week after week! This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock.
4: What do you want from your sports book? Better odds, fast and easy live betting. Sounds like you don't want to just bet. You want to live your bet life. When you bet with PointsBet, the official sports book partner of NBC Sports, you get better odds and bigger payouts, all in a fast and reliable sports book. Download the app now and sign up with code NBC2000 to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Additional terms and conditions apply. Must be present in New Jersey, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Colorado, Michigan, Virginia, West Virginia, New York, Pennsylvania. Void where prohibited, must be 21+. plus. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan, one 888 522 Three two three five zero zero in Virginia eight seven seven eight Hope N Y or text Hope N Y four six seven three six nine in New York. and conditions
1: So we've handicapped some NBA, and I know we got plenty of time, but I want to go ahead and look at some Week One NFL lines, Ken. And let's start with you know with the season kickoff uh, on right there, football night in America. Buffalo Bills at the Los Angeles Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions versus the team that's favored to be the Super Bowl champions at the end of the 2022, 2023
0: season. When you look at this game right here, what's the first thing that jump out to you? Uh, that I think in my preseason numbers, at least. So at NBA, I felt like I said a bunch of stuff that had nothing to do with math. Like I was just like, well, this no. team's good. And this team's in this yeah. spot and Tatum might not play. NFL will be more of a numbers driven conversation. I think, uh, I think it's possible that these are the two best rated teams in the league as we enter the season. Um that's what stands right. out to me with the the margin Buffalo and this might surprise people like that don't follow the betting markets. You know, I might last year I may be like, well who was rated as the best team last year and they might be like, well, the Chiefs, right? Like the Chiefs are always rated as the best team. Um or even like the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. Like here's a guy who won the MVP award, uh the Bucks who won the Super Bowl the year before. Honestly in the betting market just as someone who tracks these things pretty closely, I had the Bills rated as the best team for more than half of last season, basically. Uh, And that shows through in some of the point spreads. And, you know, they play the Chiefs in the divisional round game. It's less than three. That basically tells you on a neutral field, the Bills are better. Everybody thinks the Bills are better, basically. And no one's disagreeing with that notion. Um, So what stands out here is you have the Rams. I have the Rams about the second best team in the league. Bills go to their place. They're almost favored in the game. Like that tells you just how Buffalo's rating is sky high entering the season. Again, you basically take the core from last year. Now you had Von Miller too. Uh, we'll see. I don't think tredavius white's going to play in the game. We'll see how his rehab goes, but just, you look at that collection. I mean, the, from a betting standpoint, like, do I want to bet this game right now? Probably not. I, I kind of agree with this basically. Um, one thing else also with this game will be how much Rams home field advantage is there. That was a big thing last year. If the answer is none, which has been true sometimes, uh, either a corporate crowd or even a Bills crowd. Corey, it sounds like you you agree with that. Yeah, I think it's the Bills crowd. I think
1: people from Northern New York are going to say, okay, this is an extended vacation. vacation. You know what I'm yeah. saying? We're
0: going to head out to Los Angeles. I think it's going to be Bills. I think Bills mafia is going to overtake that stadium. I definitely don't disagree with you. So it's kind of, that's the, one of the fun parts of handicapping this is like, all right, you know, you might give a team opening night too. If this was opening night in, you know, Seattle or New England or a place like that, you might give them like three, three and a half points of home field advantage in the game. Like it's going to be ridiculous. Uh, Denver, like places that already have crazy home field. This is not, this is not one of them. (laughs) So I think that's interesting. Uh, My thought on the game from just a betting standpoint would be, I think if the bills were ever like a, a sizable underdog, like even up to like two, two and a half, if we ever got there, um, that would be an immediate buy for me. Buffalo plus money on the money line, something like that. Um, in this current market, like one each way or pick, I think it's about right. But I would just emphasize to people, like, look at what that says about how, like, what Buffalo is this year. Basically, like, you know, was viewed as basically the best team rating wise last year, and now they play the defending Super Bowl champions at their place with, that, and Buffalo's not even maybe have a fully healthy roster they might close as a favorite in the game. Like that can kind of tell you what Buffalo spreads, at least to expect the rest of the season.
3: I think there's a couple of things definitely worth noting too, to that degree. The Bills are the favorites right now to win the Super Bowl at seven to one, which is su- kind of surprising to me. Though this for only sports, fans, sports fans, it's yeah. really surprising. Right yeah, for me, <laughs> the casuals, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but for the Bills, you know, I figured they'd be you'd top three Super Bowl favorites, but to be the favorite, I think says a lot. It's the only game they the underdog in all season right now with all the lines, you know, being available each game or right. pegged out to how they will be. Um, but does it bother you that since 2000, the favorite coming off the Super Bowl, this is something I always do. Okay. The team that's won the Super Bowl, I like to bet them against the spread because they're 14-7-1 ATS against the spread. And the loser of the Super Bowl has very bad numbers against the spread week one. The loser Super Bowl thing is so funny because – and
0: uh... – and Corey, I'm sure you feel this way too. There's like things where you just like, you can't explain necessarily why they happen, yeah. but yeah. yet you're like very confident that they're going to happen. Yeah, where you, like, well where like I, them, I don't right? know why this is happening. And usually that's, usually that's a terrible reason to make a bet. Like I usually like to know why something's happening to be like, here's my money. I would like to bet this. And yet like the Super Bowl loser thing has been so pronounced where I'm just like, do I just not know why it's happening? Like, really? <laughs> like, do I really not know? And I still want to bet it anyway. I think so. I think I still want to bet it. Um, so I, it doesn't, I I try to view every one of those situations as different, with just Super Bowl winner and loser, right? Because some sometimes you're going to win the Super Bowl and guys are going to ask for more money, and guys are like you know going to want to have different roles, or they're not going to be back with the team or retire in a bunch of situations. So like that can be kind of weird. Super Bowl loser, same thing. Like a lot of times it's not even the same team. So it's you know do I do I value those trends? I mean I'm aware of them. It's the Super Bowl loser thing I always think is actually more interesting. Uh, it does not, you know, if I have a lot of reasons that I like to make a bet, that will not be something that dissuades me from making that bet. That's probably the best way I can put it.
1: Let's go down to Miami. I think this is a very interesting game. right? I agree. Here.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Miami is a three-point favorite at home versus New England. Mike In Mike McDonald's first game, he's a three-point favorite versus Bill Belichick. Now, I understand <laughs> New England has struggled in Miami. Most of those games late in the season – when the Patriots are adjusted to Northeastern temperatures, then they got to go down to what's essentially a 90 degree game in Miami. Now this game in Miami will probably be in the nineties, but new England plays Las Vegas in the preseason. So I think they're
0: going to be prepared for the heat in Miami. I think this is a new England Patriot money line spot. Ken sounds like you and I are exactly on the same page. Corey. happy to hear you say all that stuff. Um, I bet the Patriots plus three. It's the only game that I've already bet. Normally I'll, I'll be, I'm not very likely to bet stuff in May for week oh, one NFL, no. but I just, I see the key number of three in this game. And I'm just like, nah, like I'm going to, I'm going to bet this. <laughs> like, I don't think yeah. it's going to be great. And it's really, the only reason you would make a bet now is you don't think that number is going to be available by the time we get to week one. There's like a weird thing happening with the Patriots. I'm curious if you guys agree where it's like, we've collectively forgotten, like forget the Belichick and history and that like every year they're great. Even just last year's team. Last year's team was the favorite to win the AFC at like week 13 at that mark. I had them rated very highly throughout the year. The market had them rated really highly throughout the year. Their quarterback takes the jump from year one to year two, which usually tends to predict some measure of him, especially if it's a guy who had as good a year one as he did like year two could really be promising for them. And yet, I don't know whether it's just the coaching stuff. There's a lot of stories about their offense and the players are Mm -hmm. kind of complaining about it. Josh McDaniels, obviously coach in Vegas now. So I don't know if it's that, combined with everyone loves the Bills, combined with everyone loves the Dolphins because they get Tyreek Hill, they have a new coach, they have this like kind of like forward thinking Brandon Staley-esque guy who might be making decisions. All of that collectively. It's so weird that we're like forgetting about the Patriots. It's just very weird that this is all happening right now. So I can just tell you like rating wise, all last year, if this game had been played, basically, especially the last like 13 weeks, at no point would this have ever been the number. Patriots are rated better on a neutral. So it's really putting a lot of faith in Tua to have to win a game by margin um, to have that be your bet in week one, three, obviously a very key number in the NFL anyway, very valuable. So I just kind of look at this. I think, I think by the time we get to week one, everyone's going to collectively look at this and be like, how, how can basically Corey exactly the way you put it? Like how can, how can Tua and a coach who's never coached a game, be three in week one against Belichick and Mac Jones going into year two, like forget everything else about the game. Just a laugh test question. Like that can't really be true. That can't really be correct. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Now I don't like Miami this year for a bunch of reasons, but just for this game, I, Corey, I'm with you. I bet three. It's the only game I bet so far this year.
3: I think fitting a rookie coach is always a good time. Or first year coach at a new place is a good in week one. Uh, Week 17, if they're clinching a division or playing for a division in a playoff game. I always think those are three key areas to do that. And honestly, the market itself is so low on the Patriots. Their win total, I think, is eight and a half, which is the lowest they've seen in this Bill Belichick era. So I think it's really just uh, the books are trying to set us up to think forward towards the future and kind of forget about the Patriots. But I'm I'm with you guys. I think uh, if there's any team that's going to be above 500 in football and win week one, I like the Patriots to be one of those. Teams. And one more note
0: there, Vaughn, just real quick, because we kind of like tiptoed around it, but you know, people might people might hear this and they might go, "Well, the Dolphins, like, they beat them twice last. Like, what do you mean the Patriots are better? Like, the Dolphins won those games that happened. Brian Flores was a Belichick assistant, knew him yep. really well. Those." whatever you think of everything going on in that situation, we can at least agree that this isn't the same as last year's two games. They will not play out in the same way. The game planning is not the same. The familiarity is not the same. So that would be, you know, bringing up those two games, I feel like would be a bad idea. That'd be a bad, bad reason to make a bet basically is that, Oh, well the dolphins won both last year. It's just something worth considering.
1: Speaking of, um, uh, you know, listen, it's a tough spot to go against Belichick versus a division opponent. With the whole, some to prepare for it. Let's talk about division opponents. This AFC West can this thing right here should be a beast all season long. Um, you know, I, I all you got three teams in the division with minus odds to make the playoffs. The one team with plus odds to make the playoffs is the Raiders, who I think can win the division. Uh, Las Vegas and the Los Angeles, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, Los Angeles Chargers. Week one, once again, no home field advantage. Probably a Raider crowd in Los Angeles, plus four. Um. I, I er, My early indications to me say this is a smash spot for the Raiders, but I know a lot of people like the Chargers coming into this year. Particularly, a lot of people have uh, Justin Herbert as an MVP candidate. Yeah, sounds sounds a lot like
0: last year, doesn't it? <laughs> Everybody uh, likes so the Chargers, like, and, like, and Justin yeah. Herbert's an MVP candidate, and that turned out awesome in both those cases. <laughs> that turned out great. Uh, yeah, how do we how did Week eighteen go? So the uh, the interesting thing about this game, I think, is I also like the Raiders a lot in the game. The reason I have not bet it yet. I bet the uh, the Patriots, because I don't think the three is going to be there much longer, um, or at least not there when the season starts, basically. I think there's so much interest in the Chargers and so much belief that their talent is just, I mean, insane. I mean, you look at the team on a sheet of paper, it it immediately stands out versus everyone else. So my question with this game is kind of like, if I like the Raiders, what is my entry point to make a bet? What if everyone really likes the Chargers? What if this gets bet up more? Like my raw kind of power rating for this game is five. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm not really getting a value on the Raiders. I think right now, I actually think the number might go up. Like I actually think there might be a bigger difference between the teams. Now you referenced something else. That's interesting about this game, which is the crowd and anybody who watched the Raiders chargers game last season. It's the only game I can ever think of. That's not true. Maybe one of a couple games I could think of, where you could actually apply home field advantage to the visiting team. And that sounds so dumb. Like like what do you mean? They're like they're on the road, like they have to travel to get there. There's all kinds of things about playing on the road that are tough that aren't just the crowd, but like when the home team has to use a silent count to play a home game. That's such a crazy dynamic. We actually also saw that in, for parts of the Rams Niners game yep. uh, at the end of the year, that week, 18 game. And that was talked about a lot in the NFC championship. The idea that the Rams were like, yeah, we had to practice silent count. Cause we don't know if we're going to be able to actually hear in our home stadium, like our own count, which is a big deal. So, I'm with you. I I have not given the Chargers a lot of home field. You could also argue giving them negative home field, which I've never done that before. I make numbers for NFL games. I've never gotten a negative home field advantage before where you're worse for playing in your home in your home stadium. I might actually do that uh, in this game. So (laughs) I like the Raiders. It's just when do I want to bet them? Do I think this gets bet out more? I think it might because I think everyone loves the Chargers, uh, Corey, as you mentioned, even more than than maybe they did last year.
3: Yep. I was going to say the same thing. I think four is a key number for a lot of people that love the Chargers to bet that until that gets to a five and a half or six number, which could close that. If you get that, I think there's a tremendous value because not a lot of people are going to be looking at NFL numbers this time of season to see what the number opened at uh, compared to where it's closing near week one. But one team that I think will definitely see their line move is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're laying two and a half at Dallas. Corey's Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you know, big Cowboys back, backstory. Yeah, no, nothing to brag about. Okay. I want your opinion
0: on this game, then. I'll give you my opinion. I want your opinion on this game. (laughs) The
3: the big man's back? Were you worried, Corey? Week one, you got to face him? I mean...
1: I actually feel like this is a very good spot for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh. Um, I, I really do. I think you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the trenches, I think they're not going to be able to generate a pass rush. I think Dallas is going to be able to take advantage of that down the field. So... I think the Cowboys will win week one in the trenches. I like them to win outright. This, and trust me, I'm the last person to bet on okay. I tell somebody to bet on the Dallas Cowboys. I like them a lot in this spot right here.
3: Corey also bet the Cowboys, I think, like seven or eight weeks straight at one point last year. And they covered like every single time. I was going to say, was, was it the good run? It was the good run then. So it was like yeah, week yes, so four was or five. I'm, yeah, like that I'm watching long yeah. enough to
1: know when they're going to win. Yeah. And Monday so Night Corey, Eagles,
3: Panthers was just Curry. high on them, and you know, we all just couldn't say anything back because it was <laughs> <Right. important out laughs> so well. For oh, them. did you yeah. have the, Corey? Did you have
0: him against the Patriots, Corey? Uh, that was
1: that was I had him against the Patriots. That was oh, stop. I don't want to hear about that. That game. spot yeah. right there was um, you know where I this way I didn't like I didn't like him against the Vikings, and I was
0: surprised they won that game. Oh, them. okay. The uh that was the no dac game, right? That's yeah, the that second night the no game that
1: game, yeah. But, you know, DAC did not play well after that. So listen, listen, you know. ESPN storylines, you know, right. shipping, ship scanning, Shannon and Skip, whatever you call them, they beat the Dallas <laughs> Cowboy talk to death, you know what I'm right. saying? So we have plenty of time to discuss that. But sure. curious, your your thoughts, Ken, on, on, on this game right here um, and, and, you know, to start it off on, you know, the second football night in America game.
0: Yeah, and... and uh a rematch people may not even like may have forgotten this, like a rematch of the opening night game last year, which was a yeah. remarkable football game. Yeah, I mean, an excellent, it. very, very fun football game. Uh Dallas was a huge job at eight and a half at Tampa. Probably should have won the game. I forget Tampa's kicker's name eludes me, but field goal is as time expires, basically Dallas takes the lead late. Um, I had, I had Tampa and, and survivor pools to start Ooh. the year and I go, Oh, I guess I'm just going to lose in literally the first game. I guess I'm just going <laughs> to lose. And, uh, and then I got very lucky. Didn't still didn't win my survivor pool, but advanced a very long way uh spread in this game basically uh tampa a small favorite i agree with that just what the numbers should be uh, i think i have tampa one and a half i think they're one right now in the market so sort of in lockstep with the market i'll just something on dallas and now i now i feel bad because i'm like talking to a cowboys fan oh, and okay. when i'm saying this but um destroy them some, destroy something them, about them. dallas that would concern me a lot this year well there's two things one is just how Dak will play without amari and like that relationship between like the passing so like that's i don't know the answer to that but it's at least Okay, maybe not great. The thing that concerns me a lot that I do know, when teams force a ton of takeaways on defense, so we think about the Cowboys last year, right? Parsons making a ton of plays in the backfield, digs a million interceptions. Like these are very big win probability changing plays, right? Obviously you get a possession, you take one from your opponent, takeaway. So when teams have a lot of those, and then they go into the next year and they're rated very highly, kind of because they had a lot of those, it doesn't really go well for them like ever basically because we, our perception of Dallas or any team that does this is like, Oh, well like that defense is so great. Like they're just going to do it again. They could be a great defense this year. Like there's really no reason they shouldn't be like Diggs and Parsons are going into, you know, year, you know, two and three basically. Right. So they should be really good. Um, but if they don't force the takeaways, that's going to have a big impact on, on how many games they win. They could play great defense. If they're not going to force turnovers, it's not going to go the same way. And there's a bunch of examples historically of teams that have done this. The Steelers were a great takeaway team until last year. They kind of weren't, we saw the offensive numbers crater instead of winning 13 games. Now they're sneaking in the playoffs. Miami was number one in takeaways a couple of years ago. Look at the start they got off to last year, obviously. Um, There's a bunch of stuff. The bears with Trubisky when they made the playoffs a few years ago, we kind of remember that they had the most takeaways anyone's basically ever had. Okay. Now the next year, not very good. That's Dallas this year. So it doesn't mean they can't be good. Dak's really good, ton of talent, but just what happens when the takeaways aren't there? Um, I think people kind of get surprised by, you know, if Dallas was nine and eight this year, but Dak was good, and the defense was pretty good. That wouldn't actually be like that surprising because you don't have those seventeen game-changing plays that all happen. Some of those are kind of lucky. Some of those are a little fluky. It's a, a tip pass at the right time, right? So if those aren't there, um, I'm not I'm not really in on Dallas so much this year the way they're being rated in the market, at least.
1: No, no, that can definitely uh, agree with you on that. Those are uh, turnover numbers when they regress. You can't see it with the wins. Um, it, it's, but I, I think what I find interesting. There was nine and a half uh, Cowboys win total. I think I what was it nine, nine and a half.
0: Maybe. Might be a little higher than that. Correct. Like, I just, I, just I haven't half, checked today. But yeah, yeah, if it was like, like 10, that, I mean, like, wow, that's yeah. because right. you're
1: going to have significant people. Uh, Cowboys are a love hate team. You see a 10 and a half, me as a fan, I'm like, I'm taking the under. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. so you kind of imagine the people that dislike the Cowboys probably feeling the same way. Hey, Ken, thanks a lot, man. Definitely want to have some more opportunities to talk to you as we lead up to the upcoming football season. So, Thank you very much, and tell Nick um that tell Nick that I love the Tennessee Titans week one. Tonight. Oh no,
0: yes. Tell well, him I, I value I value my health, Corey. So I will not tell him <laughs> that you like the Tennessee. Titans. I will tell him you love the Giants, and it's your hammer spot of the year. That's what I'm. Going
1: <laughs> to. All right, my man Ken. Good talking to you. Sounds good, guys. Thanks.
0: All right, there, there you go, right there.
1: Remember to follow Ken on Twitter at Lockie Lockerson, and make sure to check him out co-hosting with Nick Costos on You Better Bet from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern time during the week. Shout out to Ken Goods spot right there. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predict the Rap Pot by Points Bet, go download it now. These contests are free to play. You have a shot to win thousands by predicting what will happen in the NBA playoffs, the Premier League, on the PGA Tour, the NASCAR circuit, and on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you can bet on me and battle the bets because it's a good chance – I'm gonna to continue to be the champion. <laughs> they might as well make better little bets. A hey, uh, my own little project. Uh,
3: Who won between us on Friday?
1: I won thanks yeah. to Clay Thompson under 20 and
3: a half. Uh the bet that I pretty much gave you. I got it. Yeah, chance. yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vaughn, you got a chance to make your own bets right here, my man. Here we <laughs> go. It is time for the edge of the day. Vaughn, you are up first. So-
3: All right. I'm going to put on the Joker movie today and smile while I bet on Drew Smiley's under against the Reds. Now this is, I'm not going to lie, it's a scary bet because the Reds have been bad for most of the season, but they've really picked it up lately. Against starting pitching, seven of the last 10 guys have gone under four and a half strikeouts, so 70% hit rates. One guy that did go over was a lefty, UC Kikuchi, but he's also, he's turned the season around in a lot of ways. Drew Smiley's posting a 2.6 ERA on the road, which is Pretty good, but there's one thing that's changing, though. His strikeout numbers drop significantly. He's averaging one strikeout at home, 0.64 strikeouts per inning on the road, and he's gone under all four road starts. So I like the Reds today. He's coming off a season high of 5Ks. That was against the Pirates at home, and it was his third start against the Pirates. So a perfect fade spot, in my opinion, for Drew Smiley. You could see on our hit rate chart it was his first over of the season – and like I said, third start against the Pittsburgh Pirates, great spot for him to go over his total. Uh, so I got the under on him here against the Cincinnati Reds team that actually does not look as bad as they are lately. And they've been hitting pretty well over the past couple of days.
1: All right. There you go right there. All right. So I was telling uh, my crew earlier this morning, I was like, listen, I have placed my final NBA wager. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they just That's they, it. did a number on me this past week. I placed my final NBA wager of the year. So it's now it's time to hop in <laughs> and handicap some baseball. I'm, you know, I used to play DFS. You know what I'm saying? I can handicap baseball. Matter of fact, I hit two baseball single game parlays last week. Now, one thing about baseball is this is a sport where the thing that you think is going to happen, it's a good chance it may not happen. Zach Wheeler today on the mound versus the Atlanta Braves. NL East matchup. I already heard my man JVTV talking about taking Zach Wheeler's over, and that could be the case. But Zach Wheeler has given up 15 earned runs this season. 10 of those earned runs have come on the road. So he is very, he, he struggles on the road. As a matter of fact, opponent's batting average on the road against Zach Wheeler, 359. Today, the Atlanta Braves team total on points bet sitting at three and a half. The Braves will score more than three and a half points. I'm taking Atlanta Braves team total over three and a half versus the Philadelphia Phillies as my edge of the day. As I start going to, you know, to dip my toe in the pool and get ready to handicap some baseball, probably hit some WNBA as we get ready to push towards the football season. Cause I'm done with the NBA,
3: bro. I'm done. I can't no more. Hey man, I can understand that. The NBA can be frustrating. You remember how I was during March Madness. Uh, once we got to Elite Eight Sweet 16, you guys were so excited to, to talk college basketball with me. And I'm like, I am so tired of this. So I understand, I do like this bet also. Zach Willard to me, I was looking at his under six and a half Ks today, might be a bet that gets put on my card. I'm not too sure yet, but I do know that with Tucker Davidson on the mound for the Braves, they're gonna have to put up some run support for this guy. The last time he was on the mound, uh, they went, they won 3-0 against the Brewers. Um, so, I mean, they have success. I think they can get to Zach Wheeler. I mean, you, you said his numbers already. The dude's uh, ERA is pushing 10 on the road, so uh, I like the look. All right, there
1: you go right there. I want to thank everybody for hanging out with us today. I want to thank Locky Lockerson, my man, Ken Barkley, coming through and best in the program. Don't forget PJ Adam the whole crew behind the scenes for making sure that we do uh, a good job make sure that we look good. So there you go right there. And you now have all the information you need to know after you're done listening to us. So continue to help you up. So we're here to continue to help with your wages. You can check us out on NBCSportsEdge.com. Thanks to those of you watching us on our NBC Sports as YouTube channel, again and again, do not forget to subscribe and rate the podcast for my man Vaughn Darzells, Corey Parsons, the fantasy executive. We're gonna be here holding it down for Sarah and Drew all week to so make sure you tell a friend and tell a friend. Come rock with us. We are out.